Welcome to Soul Forum. We're delighted to have you here for this series we're calling Soul Body. Each conversation in this second season takes us deeper into the experience of our own bodies, the collective body, the earth body, and even the cosmic body, as we explore the way soul finds expression in our time. We hope what you discover along the way helps you journey a little deeper into your own soul body. The awareness of a collective soul was a curious notion that first crossed our path within the political landscape as the idea of the soul of America and was leveraged in the political rhetoric during an election cycle. How would one gain an access to the character of a collective soul? As Dan continues his conversation with Brian, we trust that the work of an artist might provide a possible way into this notion and help you tether your individual soul's journey to a source that runs below the landscape of your conscious awareness. Here are Dan's reflections as he wraps up his interview with Brian. Uh, I wanted to wrap up today with sort of the kind of the wisdom that we got from Brian as an artist and um, approach this with in, in two ways. One um, is some introductory remarks before I get into that about sort of what is the nature of what we're thinking about as soul and how, how does that invite us to be aware of life at a different level? So does your soul's journey or your spiritual side or the way in which you're pursuing your authentic self kind of give you capacity for awareness at another level than we typically engage in to just do our day to day, right? So whatever your routines are, you obviously show up for those routines because they're required. Um, but if you are tending to the character of your soul or your deepest self or your intimate connection to the more or however you define it, it's going to have the capacity to uh, invite, I think, another layer of awareness. And so I want to do a little bit of introductory work on that. And then what is it, and this is to Brian's point, so what is it that you're aware of? what are you actually tending to that invites a healthy soul's journey or spirit's journey as a part of who you're becoming? And then I want to end up with where Brian ends up, and that is he sinks into, and I think we are invited as well, into this real sense of just absolute gratitude that, in, that in a sense... Um, is the energy of every moment he's trying to have, that gratitude sets him in what he might call kind of right relationship to world. And that he arrives there through engaging, you know, this material that's discarded by our culture. So how does that all, how does that all come together? So that's where we're going today. We'll see where, we'll see where we get with that. So the first thing I want to do is this idea of... Um, and I like to call it soul. That's what we call the soul form because it's, it's a word that I think is not super religious still. It's still got a little bit of cultural pop to it, you know, um, the idea that everybody has this kind of layer of themselves that we might identify as soul or something deeper. Or you meet a child who you're like, oh, you're a deep little soul. You know, we kind of have that nomenclature that we use. But what is 
what is that thing? <laughs> you know, what is going on? And I think about my conversations I've had with some of you in this room and others that we've had, and there's always this sense that soul, in my mind, and I'm curious what you think, but soul in my mind is this sort of, um, it's, it's the, the affair I'm having that's not all about me, right? It's the affair I'm having with the grandeur of reality that, I will only be able to access in a limited way at some, at some level through my senses, but that is creating a, a more in me, right? So I'm not just my private self, but I'm grounded in this greater sense of being or the collective sense of who we are together. And Typically, religions have tried to do that for people by creating what that looks like and boxing it up and saying, here, we've, we've sort of made it, prepackaged it for you, and you could adapt this one. But I, I think in our time, we realize that there's just this ever-evolving sense of who we are, and I mean the big we, that each of us are trying to be aware of and then integrate into our sense of how we move in the world. And so my, my gut is that that soul is uh, more rooted into um, an aspect of ourselves that's inviting us to move beyond just ego-based thinking or individualistic uh, ideas about ourselves and how are we doing today. Um, and even inviting us beyond like the necessities for daily survival. You know, I... I, I will admit, um, without shame, that every day I literally wake up in the morning thinking about, oh, I wonder what I'm having for dinner, right? I'm, I'm that small-minded. I'm, I'm really, I'm excited this morning about what I'm going to cook tonight for dinner. That's, a, that's as big as my world can get sometimes, right? And I'm like, well, I hope Lori goes shopping for that ingredient because I really want to do, you know, that's small-world management, and I have a very busy mind that keeps me chugging away at that. But that's not all I want to be. And I think you're the same way, right? That's not all you want to be. You want to brush your teeth in the morning, but that's not all you want to be, right? So how do we, I think soul is just that landscape. And I would say that it's, my best definition of it is it's a landscape in our time that has no fences. There are no barriers. It's, it's magnificently open. It's marvelously invitational. It's as deep as you could ever go and as wide as you could ever reach. And so it's this expansiveness that is possible if we would but tend to exploring it at some level. As Brian thinks about the character of soul, he knows that art is the way he is drawn to interact with the wonder and truth and insight that exists within the collective, which for him exists below the surface as a place where he can find his authentic voice in our world. I guess the, the thing that I think about are the periods in my life where I haven't been doing art for whatever reason and like the way that i feel when that's happening mm -hmm. which is not a good feeling it feels like there's 
basically like there's something that is trying like like I'm trying to talk but I can't talk mm. and so it's in in like in that way it's something that is very important right in my life and then like it's just uh it's just such a, a deep and amazing thing that when you're in it it's like i was sharing before it's just like you know like it's still true it's still true every mm-hmm. time i go in there yeah every time i'm like doing that like making a piece but then it also like it also unfolds because it's it's more than just doing it for myself mm-hmm. it's more than just like oh i need to do this because it needs to get out so that i feel okay yeah you know yeah. it's like okay well yeah then <laughs> the being an artist you know means you're sharing it with the world mm-hmm. and so that's another layer and then stepping beyond my own ego like as we were talking about before yeah, yeah. of like okay and that's where you know my my buddhist practice and my mentor there like have really helped me to create it's about like how do you create a life of value mm-hmm. in everything that's going on mm-hmm. in what you do with your life in in what happens to you right whether it's positive or negative right, like right. how do you create value it doesn't that part doesn't matter it's this is what is going on how do you create value how do you move forward yeah and so with art you know my goals now are about creating value for communities for yeah. the future right mm-hmm. and like so to me it's you know like uh for sure for some people art like is the religion yeah, right yeah. but like art to me is the language and you know like i think that it's again we each experience it or interact with it in a different way some people it actually touches them in a way that they can be like that is impactful and i want to now do x y and z mm-hmm. some people they don't even experience it like right, that yeah. but it gets in there somehow yeah, right whether they want to agree or it's, like, it's, recognize it yeah, or not i get that part yeah um and so it's like to me it is a way of whether we're talking about religion art or science yeah. or something else it's like I, you know for me i'm i'm always have been someone who's seeking like truth and deeper understanding of yeah. our experience in the world around us and this is a language that like has allowed me to uncover not only like things within myself but like then using these objects right it's uncovering a deeper story that's literally right there in front of us every second mm-hmm.
seeking truth and understanding of ourselves and our world around us is a great description of a soul's journey. What is the language you use to take such a journey? Dan explores how this manifests in religious voices that have gone before us and looks into a mythical story in the Christian tradition that might provide a handle to what Brian's art explores. I'm pretty sure that most of the key religious figures in a lot of the world religions were doing the same exact thing that we're talking about. And they stumbled along the way into insights that then ran contrary to the religious norms or social norms of their time and new ideas or, or pathways to being human begin to emerge and then those pathways begin to get kind of cleaned up and controlled by those in power and we get religions, right? So Jesus clearly was one of those characters. The Buddha was clearly one of those characters. A Muhammad, clearly one of those characters. A Lao Tzu, clearly one of those characters. You don't have to look very far and see they were doing exactly what we're doing. And so it's, um, it's a grand adventure that I, I think we're on. One of the caveats in that adventure is an, I think I'll use this metaphor, is um, grounded in a story in the a Christian tradition, in the biblical narrative, that always has been an eerie story for me, and I think it's the, it's the segue into Brian's comment. And there's a story, if, if you don't know these, this story well, I'll kind of unpack it for you. But So um, Jesus is in relationship with these fisher folk. That's sort of where most of his conversations were happening, right? So he was engaging in people who were in the Roman Empire, which was sort of like American empire, right? It was this big monstrous thing that was super successful if you looked at it up close, right? It's like, wow, this thing's powerful. But it was also causing a lot of trauma because econ economics were shifting, um, particularly for fisher folk. They had their whole economic model disrupted. So they were under a lot of strain. And so there's Jesus wandering around the Sea of Galilee. And they're looking, these people who were connected to this character, were looking for, how do we find life again inside dominant culture. And of course, I think Jesus and the Jesus movement was trying to explore different options by paying attention to the more or to the soul's journey. And so there's a story of uh, these fisher folks have been out in a boat. So all this is metaphor, right? So don't think about this as a, <laughs> this is not how to catch more fish, but they're all in a boat fishing all night long. So you think about that, how they've been there for the entire night casting their nets into the sea, trying to catch fish, right? And, they, and the nets keep coming up empty. So that's the, that's the scenario that's going on. They're out on the sea, which is super metaphorical. They're in a boat. You know, how are they traversing the sea? They're, they're seeking something out of the depths and they're coming up empty-handed again and again and again, all night long. And it's almost, you know, the night is almost over. And they're desperate. And they see Jesus and they say, hey, oh no, I think Jesus shouts out to them. Kind of, I'm somewhat biblically illiterate these days. But Jesus shouts out for them, I think. And he says, you know, how's the fishing going? And they say, like I say often, I'm not 
seeming to be able to pull anything out of the deep waters here. And then this is the call that comes from the shoreline. Why don't you try casting your nets off the other side of the boat? And that phrase to me is the metaphor for what we're all called to do. When we're kind of fishing for wisdom or insight or wonder and we and and probably out from sort of the normative ways in which you are called to do that and it keeps coming up empty you need to learn how to cast nets on the other side of the boat and that's where i think brian's wisdom comes in so handy right an artist's wisdom that is in order for me to understand how i live in world i'm not going to pay attention to the clean stuff on the shelf to consumptive society, to the norms of the social fabric that I'm in, I'm going to look at all the discarded stuff. The stuff that, because cultures tend to constantly move forward, for those of you who used to water ski or whatever, there's this wake that's created that builds up and then fades off into the background that just dissipates, that is all the discard of this forward momentum. And if you're a water skier, you know you can have a little bit of fun on the initial discard, but then it just fades away, right? And it's, it falls back into the ocean. It disappears behind you. And what Brian would say is, there's a way to pay attention to life by just being present for the discarded material to hear them tell our collective story to us. And his art emerges out of that conversation. It's absolutely spectacular, right? It's, it's brilliant in some ways. And it reminds me of those characters that I was just talking about, Jesus and Lao Tzu and Buddha and Muhammad. All of them arrived at a new insight into what the world was about by hanging out with the discarded. You know, those who weren't culturally uh, the heavy hitters those who were being marginalized by the forward momentum of culture and, and, and uh, power and might, whether it be religious, economic, political, um, familial, he always, they always paid attention to the, that which was being shoved to the side. Brian sees in the discarded something much deeper than the waste or byproduct of our cultural forward momentum. Here he describes how it manifests something sacred that might transform our perspective. My show in 2019, right, the right. whole premise of that was that that which we call trash, the lowest of the low, which we don't know what to do with yep. or don't want to deal with, is actually the divine. Because just like our subconscious, unconscious mind, that is where all the power for transformative change exists. Mm. And so in that same way to like uncover this thing that people actively try not to go to or like right. something that is painful or something that we don't want to look at, mm -hmm. the trash of our society, right? Like, yep. and, and that's where, you know, I look at that through objects, but in one of your questions, you know, you had said like, the the discarded people in our society yeah right, right? exactly like right. in that same in that same way like and what we were talking about earlier like at those fringes like 
the people who are hurting in a way you don't even know about the things that are hurting our earth that literally like our whole there are industries around us not even thinking about that yeah and being like oh yeah that's not a problem yeah like this is just how it is like but it's actually injuring the collective yeah like in a major way yeah like looking at those things that are so hard and exposing them that's where we grow and that's mm-hmm. where we like enrich our lives but it takes you know each of us taking a step into it and some people going deep enough to really expose that and share yeah. it so that you know again whether it is what is that language trying to say? And, you know, what are the universal things, the interconnection between all of us, yeah. like that we can uncover so we can grow together? And, I, you know, I mean, these are all like massive, massive no, they concepts are. and this things. Is why, but this like, is why I said, and you're right, I finished up with the question because I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what Jesus was doing or Mohammed was doing. Right. I mean, it is the work yeah. of, it's like you can't, I could imagine that these kind of prophets of old or wisdom teachers from the past were in the same pickle you are, right? That they they got that. They had a language. It might not have been art. might have been right. something else, right? right? And that's what they were trying to... It was a, it was it had awakened in them, and they're trying to allow it to awaken for others. I mean, you are doing the same. Sorry. <laughs> but you have been blessed with that... Oh. Vocation. They got to even know if it's a vocation, but it is a thing. Yeah. Where are the broken edges that you're actually paying attention to that might invite you into a different kind of awareness of the depth of the human experience or the collective experience um, that you've integrated into your life? Or are you a little bit like me, where you're like, mm, I tend to avoid those, um, you know, spaces for the most part. And if you are avoiding those spaces, it's like I am, you know, where, where might you dare yourself? And I, that's a intentional word, Victoria, because you used it. Where might you dare yourself to engage in a way that might invite you more deeply into being? I think that's the wisdom the artist brings to this conversation about soul. For Brian, anyway, where I think this leads, which is, um, I think, just another layer of it, <clears throat> is, and, and this is where he ended the conversation. So he was, we, I interviewed him in my family room, and um, I think he shifted to the edge of the seat of the sofa when he got to this. So I was paying attention. You know how body language sometimes discloses what's going on? And so when he kind of scooted out, I'm like, this is what he's about to say is his like super energy, like he's like ready to jump a bit. His, his weight goes into his legs and he's just barely on the seat of the sofa and he goes, when I go down the rabbit hole with this material, I get this overwhelming sense of gratitude because I'm seeing the 
these huge, rich, deep, collective stories inside of a toothbrush. Here is Dan's final conversation with Brian that stumbles into the raw power and beauty of a life filled with gratitude. Not a bad starting place to discover the gift found in the collective soul. You know, if someone were to say, how would you, maybe this is a different way to frame this question, you know, if you were to encourage somebody to say, look, I want you to live in a way that pays attention to what's lost in the basement, what's floating around in the environment all the time, what's sort of collectively holding you. How would you, and what would be something you would encourage them to start with that might help them kind of open up to another level of consciousness just on a daily basis to go, yeah, that's true. It's, I don't have to just operate in this thin, insulated world that's constructed around me just to keep me, you know, safe, fed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, preoccupied. Mm -hmm. But I can also open up a channel of awareness to the the layer underneath, even just a little bit. Right. How would you, like if someone were to ask you, how do you, how do you do it so I could try it a little bit? What would you suggest? So, uh, I, the thing that comes up for me is uh, gratitude mm. and um, thinking about <clears throat> like looking at literally like pick anything in your home or anything at work or whatever find one object it literally doesn't matter mm-hmm. and just to think about like what did it take and how many people were involved in what ways to get that mug in front of me right now with a cup of coffee inside of it yeah and just literally to like if i just pick that one thing right I, like I could talk for an hour. Yeah, it's, it's like it's overwhelming in some ways, right? In, and and that's every single thing around us. Yeah, and we are so removed from what anything takes to like get into our hand. Yeah, and like be much less like become an important part of our life. Yeah. And like, especially right now, like we literally just push a button on a screen, yeah, and something arrives at our house. Yeah, in yeah, the doorbell hours. rings, <laughs> you know, and a guy in a brown and, outfit goes, "Yeah," and you're like, "What?" <laughs> just like, there's no, like, <laughs> nothing is letting you know mm. what that took to happen, like. Yeah to get the computer in front of you to push that button. Mm-hmm. Like the generations of wisdom and insight to get coffee or food onto your table, the generations of life it took to even just survive yeah. for you to be here right now in this this moment. Yeah. Like all your ancestors, <laughs> all the people that worked on it, all the plants and animals that were required to like make all of these things. Yeah. Like 
the energy expended, the wood burned, whatever it is, dude. Like yeah. it's it's like it's so vast, and that's a coffee cup. Right. That's a great. That is such a great way to do it. Well, because I'm trying to think about people who have forgotten. And I think there's a lot of them, including me, in that I have to remind myself. Uh, me too. Right. Yeah. So that 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 world that you just articulated in relationship to that mug on that, by the way, recycled mm -hmm. bookshelf. Nice. Um, <laughs> and shitty frame oh, that someone awesome. threw away. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to pat myself in the back, but the um, that world exists all the time everywhere it's kind of like it, it it is and i i live because that world i mean i live in that world right and that's why gratitude is the way in uh, because having gratitude for all of these things around us like yeah yeah it's there at every second yeah. and the more gratitude we have the more we build that into our life right in in every second for every single thing yeah like just our friendship to be right, able to right. have this conversation yeah man like because this reminds me yeah and like that's beautiful. it's the more you build that the more you recognize mm -hmm. how connected every action that we take every human being we interact with every single thing we touch everything we do is interconnected and I'm so grateful. Yeah. Like, and so, and like, it just makes, it enriches life. So yeah. why, like, with that gratitude, when I like look at a plastic, a piece of single-use plastic, mm -hmm. like, it makes me think about it in a very different way. Yeah. yeah. Because now I'm like, well, what happens what is to this, this now? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. what, what is the story of this now? Yeah. Like that's not like, who's gonna say thank you for this being just used one time and put into the earth yeah. and someone else having to deal with it? Yeah. What are our future generations going to say thank you to us for doing? I would invite you to think about how you, um, and, and I'm the same way, how I can like in every breath have that deep sense of um, gratitude that's connected to not only the stuff that is the cushions of my life that I'm grateful for, but also all of the, I don't know, somebody used a great word for it in here, but I think you did, Jen, but all the kind of the, um, the collision stuff, right? The stuff that I'm probably going to struggle with a little bit, but if I can look beyond it, the surface of that, can I see something more even there? Um, I wonder, maybe that would help us shift our weight to the edge of the sofa a little bit and find our feet planted more firmly on the ground of our being. Maybe that's kind of the soul's journey. We hope this conversation is but an invitation for you to pause and tap into your own inner artist, tending to the deeper story or stories that swirl around and below us every day that grants us our being. Could this be the collective soul in which each of us lives our full expression of self? In our next episode, I sit down with Brian 
and dig a little deeper into his backstory of what inspires him as an artist. This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook, where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.